Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, let's do a live on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Bo, merely me, and the great Z. How you living, buddy? I'm doing well, brother. It is great to be with you. Great to be back at it. Great to have a football week for the Browns after a a weekend of getting to watch some. I thought some fun games at one o'clock. He had some good finishes there, but for the most part, it's just good to be uh, good to be back. Good to see everybody back in the building, getting ready for a showdown with and the most fun of the game last weekend. We got to watch. I watched a ton of it. Was Miami and the Bears. They sure. finally figured out what to do with Justin Fields, which we'll talk about. I'm sure uh, as yep. we get into those games, but. They're a fun team to watch. Tyree kills ridiculous. Waddle's ridiculous, and Tua's playing great. Even though it's clear that if they had a dude who could sling it, they would be scoring seventy a game right now. But <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's just good to be back. Good to be here. You know, we got Pedro, not Pedro, in town, and Sue. We had some peace over the weekend, yeah. and so it's been uh, it's been good. Great weather, loving it. Let's go. It's it was, the weather was just stunning. I mean, I don't recall back to back weekends like this this late in the calendar um, in since I've lived up here since 2015. I I don't recall it quite that good. Um, I spent most of Sunday in gyms as we are full fledged into basketball season. Uh, no four baby. games spread throughout the day. Bootsy debuted on su- Saturday, so that was uh, that was kind of the way that that was. My Saturday was more. Uh, a little bit more weekendish than my Sunday. My Sunday was a little bit of an up at dawn siege, and away we went. Um, but yeah, it was the the weekend was unbelievable. The weather was unbelievable. So blessed. And it looks like this week's pretty moderate too. Like it looks like this weekend's going to be all right. So it's not till next week that we get a little bit of cold. Um, yeah, I did see. I'm just hoping it holds off for the weekend because this is the the big great one. bar mitzvah week of of Bryce, yeah. and so I'm going to have to. Hustle it down to Miami and Sunday morning, but it looks it looks good. It looks good. I think it's safe. It's safe. safe, pal. Yeah, this you, is. You do know that there is a tropical storm warning in effect for the state of Florida. My brother for told Florida? me that actually. I did yes. know that for yeah. when? Right now? Later no, this week. End of the week. Yeah. Oh, My God. brother's down in Vero, and he was saying that that that's en route. So, what, I did whatever not know that, that means. Yeah, you're uh, safe. You got nothing to worry about. I think now. you're going to be fine by Sunday. Yeah. We should be fine. Yeah, but, it's supposed to be like yeah. 80 down there on Sunday. Yeah. I just could be a wet just, 80 though. Um, it's know. interesting. So uh, Yellowstone debuts this Sunday. Oh, uh, man. speaking of of weather, typically uh, when when this show is discussed, and and now it's become a real phenomenon. And so usually when it's discussed, people will say to me, "My oh my God, you're so lucky! I can't believe you grew up in Montana." Oh yeah, it's it's wonderful. And, and the idea is, well, I, I got to, I inevitably here, I can't, I got to move to Montana. I got to go, go out and visit Montana. So I was talking with my dad last night. They had sustained 50 mile an hour winds Jeez. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The high today was 17 with four to six inches of snow. Oh my so, God. So yeah, Montana, Yellowstone apparently just shoots Montana like in May and in June summer. and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And so that's all you ever see is that, but it's pretty, pretty brutal there. Uh, the Buckeyes had a crazy win game on Saturday. Yeah. It was just insanity. Um, so you're starting to see the weather wreak a little bit of havoc. Um, you're right. It didn't affect the game in Chicago on Sunday, but it was a big problem on Saturday, to say the least. All right, Gibby. I've just looked this up since you put me into a temporary panic. You're worried? Are you worried? 
No. I said it was probably going to be gone by the time we got there. Well gone. 90% Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Rain, 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 rain. By Friday, you're at it back up to 85, 40% rain. Saturday, 86%, 40%. And Sunday, 77 and 25. But we're good. We're fine. We're safe. 77 yes. degrees? Yeah. For Sunday. That's Boy, bring a parka. For down there, that's cold. There, down there, that is cold. That is cold. Yeah. How did the hoops go? Uh, let's see. How do we do? Uh, Bootsy was a winner um, in his debut. He's a he's a gunner. He's a bit of a gunner. I mean, he's there's not a shot he don't like. Uh, so we had to have a little chat on the way home about you know sometimes we want to pass to people we who are pass open. Pass the ball. Yeah. What was he's his, used was to he making just, a high percentage or was it just like? reckless gunning. not a great it was reckless abandon a lot of rimmed yeah. out i mean it was right in but i mean if, if he was inside the arc that sucker was going up so it was a, a high volume shooting spree for him on saturday morning uh 9 a.m so it was an early tip time for him but he uh so yeah so that one was a win i had beamsy keep score of it because they don't keep like an electric score but i always want to know like where are we here and according to beamsy we won by two uh beamsy's debut went one up one down uh, a, a hardy Chardon team beat us in the uh, in the. It's a preseason tournament, so this is all for seeding. Uh, they came back and beat us, uh, I think, thirty-five to thirty. So, but for third graders to score thirty, that's pretty good. So we we were able to get some points on the board. That was good. And then NBC went two and zero in in their games yesterday. So it's nuts. Nice. It's it's Did too soon. It's, it's too much. Too soon I, for sure. It's too soon for this hoops. Like you gotta, I gotta back this up. It hit me over the weekend. I was like, my God, really. And I will say, I'm curious where you guys sit, sit on this. I understand that I view things through a little bit more of a college prism than the two of you. Um, but this is, I find that for me, this is the time of the year. And it probably helped by the fact that, you know, we didn't play. That I find the NFL takes a little bit of a backseat for me. That the games are kind of ho-hummish. That the performances are a little bit uneven. Um, and I think that happened a little bit yesterday. It helped that there I think another thing that helps my argument here is there weren't a lot of great matchups yesterday. Yeah, there really were. It was kind of like the NFL this early November. It's like, and then it ramps back up again in December, but it feels like this month is kind of a college football ownership month. Like if you compare Saturday and college football to Sunday in the NFL, it's, it's really not close in terms of the type of theater you got. But, um, and, and, but I don't know if that's just me just cause I view things a lot through a college prism. It could very well be. It's not me, but no, I no, I know you're not college somebody football. who's, but somebody who's equally invested in both could feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know I thought I mean? that the Sunday slate left. I mean, I it had a hard time. I was paratrooping in, in between stuff, but if, if not for a fantasy buy-in, I, there wasn't anything that I'm like, I got to see this other than a little bit the of Miami. Finishes at one o'clock. There were four games that all kind of finished at the same time that came down to like the end. So that was fun to watch. That was good. Yeah. The four, so there were only two the games, zone. Seattle, yeah. Arizona, and then what on paper, you're, oh, defending Super Bowl champ Rams against Brady yeah. and the Bucks. that should have been a banger, and it was awful football. Yeah. They're uh, awful, terrible. We're, the Bucks are absolutely beatable. We, we can beat the Bucks. There's no More, doubt in my mind. They're well, dreadful. Are, and are you sure the Bills aren't? I mean, what the aren't hell, man? Depending on Allen's elbow. Well, yeah, he's banged up now. Ruh -ruh. Um, yeah, they're very good, but I'm telling you that, that Jets weird? team is good. Sauce Gardner is like a new Revis. Yeah, for sure. It's just like Wilson was pretty bad, and yeah. it's like it's fine. Like they don't have Brees Hall, and they 
You know, it was just a weird weekend in the league. It really it was. was. Gibby, where are you on my early November theory? I did not watch one NFL game till Sunday night football last night. I did because yeah. of fantasy. Like I, I just I didn't I yeah. I was it was well number one, it helps when it's seventy two degrees and sunny outside. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I'm out with the wife. We, the we grabbed sure. brunch at a really great place that we'd heard about. Stay staycation was a success. You know, and then just doing stuff outside and then, you know, the zero turn needed to come out because you could still bring the zero turn out on November sixth. That's right. And that's right. Do a little mowing. The the leaves took care of those. But I I, I was more interested in the Saturday football games. Uh, yeah. listening to to Mr. Keels and company on Saturday afternoon, Oof. it was like just get us two scores and get us the hell out of here. Two scores wins. Like, yeah, and it did. But, yeah. like, Saturday night college football, like, yeah, Clemson could have had a little better effort. But LSU, yeah. Alabama lived up to everything and then some. That was awesome. Uh, it was a great, yeah, was a great Georgia was a football. beating, wasn't it? What's that? Wasn't it, it was, Tennessee-Georgia? Wasn't yeah, Tennessee-Georgia was okay. Georgia was really good. I think it was more Georgia was really good. But it never – you know, like Tennessee could have – they were within striking distance a couple of times to keep it interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it was – the thing with the college football is all of the games are on. So, anytime you get wind of one, you can jump into it and yeah. yep. see the finish and, of it. And this is – I think to your point, Bo, this is the point where there's four games left. Like, three games, four games. So, now they all matter. Like the first six yeah. or seven weeks, it's like, okay, if you have a loss, you're maybe still alive. You can't afford a slip-up late in the year. You can afford a slip-up early in the year. You can't really afford one late, especially with all the parity in college football. I would tend to agree with you. I would also say this. Basketball, no matter what the form, from the pro level, and I yeah. know the Cavs are worth watching. They're great. If, yeah. They are awesome. Yeah. No basketball should be played until after Thanksgiving. I agree. Like, Not needed. After December 1st, go ahead. We're officially yeah. into winter. That's when the winter sports begin. I By the way, Yellowstone not needed right now either. No, Not they should have done that in Not, February. Not needed one little bit. No, um, and I agree with but, you on the hoops. I, I think so. Totally. I, I, was, I was looking at our schedule for Friday. I've got Parker, uh, Beamsy, and Not Black Cobra play. Each play two games Friday night. Parker then plays two games Saturday morning. Beamsy plays two games Saturday morning. NBC plays a game at noon. Bootsy plays at noon. And then they could have as many as at least two, maybe three games Sunday each if they make oh a run God. in these tournaments. It's lunacy. I mean, you That's could bet crazy. My, my third grader could play by the end of this weekend, it's entirely possible, will have played eight games. That was half of a season almost for me when I was in yeah. high school. It's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Well, so, and again, that's AAU used to be – Literally the middle of April through like the early part of July, second week in July, and then it was Gibby. done. I know it still it's is. Year round. This is community. This is community basketball. Like we're playing for our towns. Like it's nuts. Absolutely Ridiculous. nuts. The amount of games that are had. But um, and I do think that my, I think that my view of and probably Gibby's too is the fact that we didn't play. You know, if we play, then you're you're all in. Course, it's that we were NFL. out, and then. I was keeping an eye on the Bengals, and they just slumped. So Yeah, I had to play against Joe Mixon in one of my fantasy leagues. That was fun. The one time this year that that hurt you. Oh, my like God. he's done nothing all year. He had 55 points. It's the most points somebody's had yeah. since uh, a running back's had since Sean Alexander's insane Monday night football game. 
That's like, crazy. That's a long yeah. time ago. It is. Um, I, I think also my fantasy teams are in the dump. Um, just oh, no. totally. They've just been too many guys too got many, hurt. Too man. many injuries. Yeah. Too many injuries. Can't help it. Javante, big Javante Williams stock, Jonathan Taylor stock. Oh, um, all yeah. of that just garbage. So what are you going to do? What are we going to do? By the way, front? speaking of crazy, have you seen what's happened in Indianapolis? I have. Yep. Not the firing, but the new head coach. I have. Yep. So, so the notion Jeff that, Saturday. Correct. The idea that you would. So it's one thing to like fire Frank, Wright. Like you yeah. just wonder what led to like their whole operation this offseason, like get Matt Ryan. We're a quarterback away. That was the sales pitch for that organization. So then they bail on it. What? Seven games into it. Yep. Then they play Sam Ellinger, who there isn't anybody on the planet globes who was going, oh, yeah, I got to see more of Sam Ellinger. Like nobody who's asking for that. So they they force that on him. Predictably, it goes abysmal as they get slumped in in uh, in New England. And so then you fire him and then then you go take Jeff Saturday, who seems like a hell of a guy. But is currently coaching like a high school team in Georgia? Do I have that yeah. right? He's like a and consultant with the th- Colts. This is for from ESPN. Zach Kiefer. By the way, if you think we're stunned, you should see the reporters who cover the Colts <laughs> right now on social media. I bet. The Colts bypassed two former NFL head coaches already on staff, Gus Bradley, John Fox, and a rising coaching candidate in Bubba Ventrone to name Former center Jeff Saturday, the interim coach, dot, dot, dot. That is a real sentence. (laughs) These guys don't know. These guys are befuddled with this move. What would that be like? Would it be like if if we, like, and then us hiring the Hoff? Yes. 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 That's what it would be, right? He's the first. I just saw this tweet. The first. Jeff Saturday is the first NFL coach with no college or pro coaching experience since Norm Van Brocklin went from the 1960 NFL MVP with the Eagles to the coach of the Vikings in 1961. This ends well. They guarantee. Hold on a second. First of all, they for sure asked Peyton, right? I'm, and he said I don't no. Know Peyton, I'm guessing Peyton isn't taking Jim Irsay's calls. It's my hunch. Okay, but I, I, like, I bet yeah. they tried to ask him. For I, sure. Do, yeah. do they ask Andrew Luck? Player coach. I don't know. I mean, how many people did it? There's no way Jeff Saturday was the first person they wanted to get. Here's the one part of that, though, bud, just to push back. Didn't didn't you say that he – wasn't I reading? I think it was Zach Kiefer reading that he is currently a Colts consultant. I I don't know. I believe – I think so. I thought I read that in some of the reporting this morning that he was a Colts uh, consultant. So he already had ownership's ear. Is I think that's the one difference. So it really is the Hoff comparison where it's the Hoff's with us and he's around, you know, but then to go all of a sudden like, all right, you go coach the team. It's crazy to me. They wouldn't just roll with either John Fox or Gus Bradley. Both those guys on staff just limp through the year. Um, You know, they clearly are going like I'm kind of surprised. What about Pat McAfee? I'm surprised maybe he didn't ask McAfee. Well, if you watch McAfee on game day, I think you know where his home is. He's He's killing it. Just killing it. Um, um, yeah, by the way, from Schefter, he has been a consultant there for you the go. team. There you go. So he's okay. got ownership's ear, and that's how that – so it probably was a pretty quick to get to Jeff Saturday. He wasn't plucked out of the clear blue sky. There was 
He was well, right, someone who was talking like with ownership. People yeah. of more. I don't know. I mean, well-known. who knows? Get yeah. me Jeff Saturday. Like knows? you had to be, you were compelled to have Jeff Saturday as your head coach. Anyway, whatever it is, and maybe he's a great head coach. Maybe he turns out to be an excellent work. head coach. Who knows? I do think we're kind of, in my opinion, this is just me. Sure. I think they, like, they kind of did Frank Reich dirty. Frank Reich is two, he's a winning coach for them. I think he's 42 and 33, something like that. Mm-hmm. They've been in the playoffs in two of the four years that he's been the head coach. Yep. And they haven't had a quarterback. Andrew well, Luck abruptly retired, and then they went to Rivers, who was washed. They went to Carson Wentz, who's garbage. And then they went to Matt Ryan, who's washed. Like, isn't that more on the GM than the head coach? Well, and the GM survived all of it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Which is I think they got, I think he got done a little bit dirty. I agree with you. Yeah. He, so he never had the same quarterback year in, year after year. No. Different quarterback every year. Um, it, you certainly got the feeling that Carson Wentz was not his idea. No. And by the way, if Wentz just won in Jacksonville. Yes. Against a team that wasn't even trying at the end of the year, that he'd be in the playoffs three of the four years. Correct. And he's just gone. Like, I think Frank Reich will get a – it feels like he'll get a gig pretty easily. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty wild. Wild day uh, over in Indy, to say the least. You never know with Jim Mercy. It's all, it's all in <laughs> well, play. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's all in play. Yeah. That's why when he started talking about Snyder, you thought, what, what does he know that he would go public with? And then two weeks later, Snyder's got the team for sale. Probably not a coincidence of that all happening. No. No, and when you I would go, say not. when you proactively go, all of my stuff's already out there. There's nothing more you can tell about me because, quite frankly, much of it is. Um, we have some updates uh, from our team, and it's good news as well. Uh, Jerome Ford, Chase Winovich return off of IR. Denzel Ward back at practice uh, today, along with Wyatt Teller as well. So uh, this Browns team returning to the practice field today and returning so in a much healthier fashion coming out of the bye week. Z. Yeah, which is important. I mean, it, now you get into this is a tough, tough stretch of your schedule right now. And so you want to be as healthy as you can be. You've got three more games to go before Deshaun Watson comes back. You need all hands on deck. It feels like the one guy that we might still be without would be David Njoku. Um, and I think that is a big loss. Uh, but this is, yeah, you want to be healthy. It's good to see this. And, and, you know, Chase Winovich was a guy you counted on as kind of that extra pass yeah. rusher. We haven't got to see him all year. So I think it'll be very important to have him back. Obviously getting Jerome Ford back. You know, he's a guy who was returning kicks and doing so and looking pretty electric doing it. Um, and then obviously Denzel is, you know, that's the guy that they paid as the top corner on this team, even though, you know, MJ Emerson and, and Greg Newsom have really held it down without him. Uh, when you get a player like that back, it's always good, especially when you've got two of the top five leading receivers in the NFL up next, including a guy who already has 1,104 1, yards on the season in Tyreek Hill. He does, that's where he's at? It's the most I guess NFL. I haven't looked. Yes, he's got 1,104 <laughs> yards this year. He's averaging 122.7 yards oh, per game. It is the most through nine games in NFL history. He's on Calvin Johnson's, exactly on Calvin Johnson's 16-game pace, which was 1964 total for the season. But because of the 17th game, he's on pace to be 2,080. He'd be the first 2,000-yard season in NFL history. That's what he's on pace for. Oh, by the way, Mahomes is on pace for, like, well over 5,000 yards. I think he's on pace for yeah. 5,500 or something like that without Tyreek Hill. 
These guys are both just megastars. Yeah, and Mike McDaniel, the the toys that they have to play with in in Miami, with the fact that they have Waddle too, that they basically have Tyree Kill and then a guy who's as close to Tyree Kill as it probably is in Waddle. So they have two of them. How about the fact that last year in his rookie season, Jalen Waddle averaged 9.8 yards per catch in that system they were running last year? Yeah. This year he's averaging 17.7, which is the most amongst the top 30 in receiving yardage in the NFL. And, oh, yeah, he's number five. Watching that game, okay, on the Dolphins. I'll stri- stick strictly to the Dolphins. Jeff Wilson is going to be so dangerous for them. First mm-hmm. of all, that was an unbelievable under-the-radar trade. Those guys, those guys being Waddle and Hill, are open like it's college. And Tua, who has thrown for 300-plus yards, three three touchdowns mm-hmm. in each of the last two games. His quarterback rating in each of the last two games has been over 135. He leads the NFL in yards per attempt, yards per completion, quarterback rating, and QBR, Tua. And he misses or leaves like six walk-in touchdowns on the field a game <laughs> because these guys are so open and so behind people, and he just – he has to throw the ball really quickly to even get it down the field. But like, if it's just if you're thinking everything else was the same except you dropped Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or Mahomes into whatever it is that yeah. they're doing right now, like, because Tyreek Hill has 1,100 yards, he's got five games of more than 140 yards already on the season, just himself. Um, Crazy. There's probably another with just Hill alone, 60 yards a game in PIs where he's so far behind everybody and he has to wait for the ball and then they run into him and then it's a PI like it there could be things happening and obviously it is already ridiculous but there are things that could could be happening under other circumstances and by the way everything I said about Tua is telling you how well he is playing yeah but it could be something on like a completely it could be like playing Madden in real life yeah 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 on rookie someone who could really sling it with a gun yeah yeah, that would do it. Hey, Browns fans, you could enter for a chance to win season tickets for the 2023 season from Sugardale and your local Meyer. Two lucky fans will have a chance to compete on the field during halftime on November 27th for the ultimate prize. Text Browns to 55678 to enter today. Coach Stefanski was at the podium. We'll have that for you. We will go around in a really strange Sunday in the National Football League at much greater detail coming up as well. Take a look at where we are at the halfway point with this Cleveland Browns football team. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Rumpke Waste Recycling is family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more today. And now let's head to the podium. Kevin Stefanski from earlier this morning. Okay, good to get that extra work day in with the guys, uh, with some meetings, some work out there on the field, which is really good. Got some competitive periods, which we needed. And then uh, we'll set our sights on Miami come Wednesday. But just felt like it was important to get the guys back in here uh, talk to them a little bit in these meetings, and then get out there on the field. With that, I'll take any questions. So Denzel and Wyatt, are they trending toward playing Sunday? I think they're trending appropriately. I think they're both in you know different injuries, all those type of things, but I think they're both making steps. Denzel been fully cleared? I think he's uh, still in the next step of the uh, process. And um, with JOK and David Njoku, are you optimistic they might practice this week? I think we'll have to see on those guys. 
What kind of challenge does Miami present, especially with the speed that they have at, at receiver? Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, you start to watch their tape, and those two receivers are special. Uh, quarterbacks playing at a high level. Um, like I said, we'll get into more of the specifics as we get going this week, but just watching them, they're doing a real nice job being able to push the ball down the field, get the ball in their hands on some uh, catch and run opportunities. I know when we talked to Andrew last week, he talked about taking the week and kind of maybe leaning into your strengths as a team, even if those strengths weren't necessarily what you expected in the offseason or preseason. I guess, like, what are some of those strengths to, to you, and do you guys feel like you did that this past week? Yeah, I think you definitely look at that, uh, Ashley, and then kind of see where the tape goes, see where the, the numbers go and those type of things. And it is true, I think, year in and year out, and you can get as specific as you want in terms of a run type or a coverage type, those type of things. There are some things that you come out of the spring feeling like you'll be good at, and then you're just not for whatever the reason. And, and oh, there's always many reasons. Uh, but I think that was part of the process of looking at those things and saying, can we get better and, and at that particular thing? Can we put in the work to get better at that? And if the answer is no, you got to move on and, and try something else. When we talked to David Njoku after he suffered that ankle sprain, he seemed kind of optimistic that the bye week, if he were to miss time, the bye week would help shorten that time. Just where do you think he's at? How optimistic are you that he could potentially I think it's too early to say uh, one way or the other. I think he's uh, rehabbing very hard. He was here all weekend. Uh, trying to get better, so uh, I think we'll certainly know more as the week goes on. But it's it's hard to handicap it right now. Down special teams, did you uh, see areas where you guys could try to become more consistent, and how important yeah. is it for that to happen? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think uh, there will be opportunities for us to to help this team win in the coverage phases, in the return phases. Uh, obviously, field goal, extra point, those uh, every phase is going to have an opportunity to help us. Uh, and there's definitely areas that we need to shore up. And I think uh, coaches are working real hard on that. Players are working real hard. Uh, and I feel good about uh, where we're going. All right, there's Coach Stefanski from this morning. So just to clear up a couple of things, we, we talked about the guys returning and the health factor. Denzel Ward still in it uh, from a concussion protocol standpoint. Yes, uh, ramped up activity. Yeah, and then so just so the people understand Z, because I think sometimes we need to go through that just so, like, there's a path, and you want if you cross this threshold, where is exactly. all that? The fact that he, first you have to just be able to do some activity, then you're able to do some football activity, and then you're able to practice, and and so the fact that he was out there today means we are in the final stages, and and as provided there aren't setbacks or a worsening of symptoms, then he will be he's he's, he's going to be good to go. Jay, okay. Coach said, wait and see on that not seeming well, huh? Yeah, and it's interesting with that knee because, remember, he played that full game against right. the Ravens, and you didn't hear anything about that coming out of it. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, you go, and, and he's not able to practice at all during the week. Uh, and then you get out here, and you get ready for, you know, have the bye week, and you come out, and you're able to do kind of a little team, you know, walk through, jog through, and J-O-K not ready to go. So that's... To me, that's concerning. Again, you know, he's our linebacker, Sione Takitaki in particular, stepped up in such a major way, mm -hmm. as did, you know, uh, Deion Jones, whom you've acquired. But it still feels like that is a that's a guy that you want out there for sure. And we'll see how that goes. This is a very tough, tough matchup uh, in terms of for a defense, in terms of how efficient this offense has been, what they've been able to do. Um, so not having JOK, especially with his speed. 
I think is is definitely a bummer, but we'll see as the week goes on. Remember, this is just Monday. This isn't even yeah. the Wednesday practice. So this is just Monday, and we'll hope that we're able to get better news as this week goes on. What is the what is a week like? What uh, the calendar of a week like coming out of a bye week? Uh, when you think of a Monday practice, do they get right back into it, Z? So practice today, off tomorrow, back at it Wednesday. Is that yep. kind of the back to the normal calendar? Exactly. And I think today was, as, as we heard Coach talk about, today was more about just getting the guys out there, getting them ready to go, uh, kind of just a practice of to practice. Obviously, you're, you're, you've looked ahead to the Miami team, but I think it's more of a practice, and then you will get full into your normal game plan mode starting on Wednesday in terms of how you'd install just the, your regular path there. So I think this was a good one. I think it was good to see guys be able to get out there, guys be able to get into the mix, and in some cases guys get back that were not out there earlier as the Browns get ready to deal with, you know, uh, right now an, an elite elite offense and a team that has not lost a game that Tua has started and finished 6-0 and this year when he has started and completed the game uh, out of their nine games so far. The uh, we'll, we'll get to the game in, in greater detail in a second, but the that the gif of Mike McDaniel telling Justin Fields just stop it, stop it. You just just stop it. He's great. <laughs> He's so I'm excited good. to I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to get to you know to see uh, the guys that are down there on his staff that spent some time with the Niners and Mike McDaniel's doing everything right. He's incredibly likable. He's incredibly personable. He gives in terms of you know answers from a, a coach in the national football league i think he gives you as real a, of answers yeah. as anybody in the game today uh, so and it's all working it's all working so it's good to see him but yeah that was hilarious fields you know run sets the record now everybody it's the regular season record everybody who remembers that colin kaepernick against the packers in the i want to say it was either the wild card of the divisional round you know back when yeah they just kind of put that read option on the niners run to the super bowl where they eventually lost to the ravens that was a decade ago actually because we just when we were in Baltimore, they honored that team's tenth anniversary of that team. So that was two thousand twelve. Oh come on, God, yeah. you're old. I know it, yeah, it, it feels flies, like brother. Yesterday at that game, man, I remember the yeah. lights going out in that place. Yeah, like this ain't right. That ain't right. I was so worried. That's ten yeah. years, huh? Yeah. Ugh. Wild. I guess so. I guess it has to be, my friend. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting the how they kind of identified you know, kind of the coach, the style after just an awkward off season that had, you know, I mean, they're, they're being sued by Brian Flores. They've got this oh my God. Tom Brady. Brady flirtation. They've tried every, they tried to get to Sean Watson. They tried to get everybody and then they get Tyreek Hill. And at the time it was like, well, what good could it do if Tua can't throw the ball to him, but they, they can, and that does work. And it's, he's open. He's better than he's ever been, which is also strange, right? That, he was so dominant with Mahomes, but like it almost feels like him with Waddle because it's two guys. Like the Chiefs were always trying to find that other burn, right? Yes. They were trying to find the Cole other Hartman. guy. Right. right. They uh-huh. threw a bunch of guys in that mix. And then the Dolphins actually have it. They actually have two guys who can terrify you deep. And so that what's you know, that's all makes them just so terrifying. I had somebody I saw something else that make me feel old. Uh it was a it was a wrestling tweet and they said, um, what in your head is 25 years ago? And it was like Hulk and Mach, a picture of them. And then actually 25 years ago, and it was of Steve Austin. Yeah, 25 years ago, it would have been 97. Right. Yeah, that's Steve Austin. Hulk but and if- Mach, <laughs> WrestleMania 5 is 32 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy how quick time flies. Um, all right, we will yeah. go. Ar- go ahead, bud. I would say, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. So it doesn't slow down. The older you get, I feel like the faster it goes. 
Yeah, with the and the kids just puts yeah. it on speed. Uh, a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns, the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. On the other side of this quick timeout, we'll go around a wild weekend in the NFL, wild weekend in college football as well. Um, you could see something in college football that clearly has never happened before, and it's not that hard to get there and it does involve the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines I'll kind of outline that for you coming up next in addition to a busy weekend in the NFL you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet on 850 ESPN Cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, the Bath Authority gives you the bathroom of your dreams. You can transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you. They'll do it at a more affordable rate than anybody in town. I promise you that. The Bath Authority, our area's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert and factory trained installers. You give them a call now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions. Again, superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. This, um, all right, who's, what do we chalk this, this weekend up to in the NFL? Is it just widespread parody that can happen? I mean, the Chiefs, Mahomes threw it, what, 60, was it 58 or 68 times for 443 yards? They only mustered 20 points. It actually was a key scramble that kind of saved it for them. Um, They couldn't find the end zone. They can't run it and survive. Malik Willis was, what, 5 of 17 in the game passing? 5 of 16 for 80 yards, and he ran 8 times for 40 yards. I mean, just crazy. And somehow it takes all of that for them to win at home against Tennessee, which has got a lot of guts, but it shouldn't. They can't throw it to anybody. Vrabel said at postgame, you've got the Jets beating the Bills. You've got, I mean, the Packers might just be bad. The Bills and Chiefs are both great. How do you, how do we make sense of what happened to them Sunday? It comes down to like, sometimes it just comes down to money downs and delivering in key situations you know and converting on third downs putting points on the board in the red zone getting your field goals and and getting your touchdowns and I thought we saw a lot of teams that didn't do that at a high level watching the Vikings and the commanders they ended up winning uh 20 to 17 to the Vikings there were two drives all game where they incorporated Justin Jefferson they went right down the field and scored both times and then the rest (laughs) of the game they didn't Kirk Cousins video on the way back by the way unbelievable on the plane like I that definitely raised his stock in my book. I can't. I'm sorry. It was a massive. Like I would have never in a billion years expected never. that from Kirk Cousins. No. So that was pretty great. I just think sometimes, you know, it's hard to get the ball in. And, and, and the irony is in another game, which was the Patriots and the Colts, the Patriots offense was dreadful. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mac Jones is awful. He is awful. Awful. He is awful. He might be the worst quarterback in the league right now of guys that were supposed to be starters. And they beat them 26-3. to three. Now, they had mm-hmm. a defensive touchdown, but 
It's just interesting in some of the games. You had 2017 Bills Jets, 2017 Vikings Commanders, you had 2017 Titans Chiefs, 16 13 Rams Bucks. I mean, your highest scoring team was the Bengals. And then the one game that was fun, 2017 Chargers Falcons. How many 2017 games were there? And then yeah. Dolphins Bears was fun, 35 32. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a it's the again, I this it's just a weird time of the year. This mid season it's yeah. it's kind of like this is the point where you if you know the good teams stay afloat, you just win in advance. Uh the bad teams come sometimes can knock off, you know, good teams. That happens. You sleepwalk and then you really want to get it geared back up again in December and I think everybody's trying kind of trying to figure out how to calibrate this on the 17th game. Like you say to yourself, it's just one more game, but it feels like a lot more than that for these teams. Um, especially juxtaposed to what's happened in the preseason recently. So it's a, a lot of buys we're working in. I think there are only 13 games this weekend. Yeah. I think there's only 13. Yeah. 12 this weekend. I 12. Think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then one tonight. So yeah, total of 13 games for the, for the, so it's, they're just, the, it's all just kind of a little weird for everybody. I, I was thinking of watching the Dolphins and Bears yesterday, though, and, and paying close attention to that because obviously we, we play the Dolphins. I remember going back to the Combine Z, and for the life of me, I cannot remember the scout um, that we were talking to. And obviously at that time we didn't need a quarterback, but we always talk quarterbacks at the Combine. And because of Justin Fields being an Ohio State guy, and I've always been very high on him, um, we were talking to a scout and he said, you know, what I see with Justin Fields is Cam Newton. And I remember thinking at the time, like, that that was some sort of slight to Justin Fields. Like, and a lot of people MVP. portrayed it that way. Um, and it was like, well, wait a second. Cam Newton quarterbacked a team to a Super Bowl, won the MVP, and for yeah. a, a stint was the most dominant player in football. Um, yeah. And, like, somehow that was viewed as, like, a slight to Fields, like, that they thought, like, if he's not Aaron Rodgers, then he's not any good. It's just not the truth. It is so refreshing to see a coaching staff, because they – they got him a little bit of weapon with Claypool, but they really don't have a lot still. And to just let him play and kind of be the guy that you thought he would be coming out of Ohio State. And if you were redrafting that quarterback class, I'm not certain that he wouldn't. Would he go first? Or would we still think that Lawrence will sort it out? I just think it's hard because we, if Lawrence went to a good situation initially, I think people would – he'd still go – I think Lawrence would still go first. But Fields would be – Fields has not been in a good position at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, but even as bad as it was, it was not urban. I mean, that was just no. a complete debacle. But it was but it no, was I think he'd be they'd be there'd be probably more debate about it than there would have been previously. Yeah. He was I mean, he was never even considered as the second. It was always Zach Wilson and then Trey Lance and well, Mac Jones, Jets, all of them. Which is nuts because the Jets run a Shanahan offense right. with Mike LaFleur. I'm stunt like the fact that neither and clearly that influenced it, right? Obviously, yeah. they come from the, they probably talked and they saw the same, similar things, and neither one of them was big on Justin Fields for whatever reason. But he looks good. He's still, when you watch, and, and I did get to see a good chunk of that game yesterday, he's still not a, a pure thrower in the sense that he can just stand there and rip it and, and it looks good. No. But his ability to make plays, like their best dropback plays were plays where he dropped back and actually never threw the ball. Yeah, that was the best part of their offense. And then all of a sudden you had to get guys spying and accounting and now you've taken somebody out of the defense and then you were able to get guys winning. Mooney was able to win a couple of times. Cole Komet was able to win a couple of times and, and they were able to make some plays. So uh, I, he's very impressive and right in a good scheme. Like I think if he was in Miami, yeah. it would be bonkers. Yeah, it would be. He, and now he's starting to have some confidence throwing on the run. He had that one where he stepped That's up true. and then yes. St. Brown dropped it like – 
Now yeah. that's all coming. You know, like the stuff we saw at Ohio State is all starting to transfer to the NFL. And uh, I'm happy for him. He's a, he's a great kid. And, and it looks like that now there's a, a chance for him there. He's uh, had a hell of a weekend. What do we make of the, the, the Packers? I, you know, I actually talked about this with a friend of mine this weekend. He said, what happened to the Packers? I said, I'm coming around to Z. I'm blaming Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. I think you're right. <laughs> there's nothing I think else I am that can too. explain it. Do you see those first, picks he threw in the end zone? They were ridiculous. Yes. You've been on this for like a month. And for a while, I was just laughing at it and being like, it's just a funny thing to say, ayahuasca. Like, that's just funny. But then the more that you've talked about it and the more that I start thinking about it, it's the only damn thing that makes sense. They should not be this bad. Picks in no. the end. I mean, you don't go from MVP of the league to this. It's not the, all on young receivers. Like the pass that he threw on the one that was supposed to be to Bakhtiari, I think, where they had the lineman leak out was so not even in the realm. And then he was just kind of flicking it to nowhere on that last drive. Like a couple of times, he just threw it to literally no one. Nobody was there. I'm telling you, man, it's funny you say that because I have a buddy and uh, he wanted to trade for him in one of our fantasy leagues. He's like, dude, Rogers, is, his price has never been cheaper. I'm like, no. And he's like, why not? I'm like, ayahuasca. And he was like, you're insane, blah, blah, blah. And then he actually this week was like, dude, I think you're right. I think you're right. He's like, I researched and read like what you do. And mm -hmm. like, how could you possibly be the same after that? Yeah. A diminished Rogers. He's is diminished. Yeah. It, it, it does seem like that a little bit. So, um, but they're, they're a mess. They're a mess. The, there's no story in the NFL that's better than Seattle at six and three. Like there's nothing better than that's, this is stunning. So they go to Arizona and win. The you've got now you've got your boy Hopkins and uh, and Kyler fighting on the sidelines. Well, Clips yeah, he wouldn't throw him the ball. He didn't throw the ball's direction at all in that game. No, it's nuts. I mean, Kyler comes across just so petulant in everything Ugh. he does. Um, they gave him all that money like begrudgingly, and now oh, they're yeah. kind of the thing is a mess. Meantime, like they the what were the Seahawks? I think they were three point dogs and they won by ten. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I took the Cardinals. That was me trying to will beyond. You were trying to what you're idiot. trying to make Hopkins. Yeah, you wanted 192 and three touchdowns. On yeah, Hopkins. that's what I yeah. wanted. Kenneth Walker's ridiculous. Geno Smith can absolutely sling it. You got Metcalf. The throw the he I made mean, in the back of the end zone in the red zone to Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a ball throw, man. Well, the guy right, the guy had his back turned but was totally covered, and he just threw it kind of right over his shoulder. Just. Yeah, it was great. No, no, I don't think it was. I don't think it was to Metcalf. I think it was the one where they they were Arizona had dropped in a zone, or maybe it was to Metcalf. Was it a touchdown? Yeah, I saw it over they the corner. Of my, it had to be Metcalf. Yeah, that it was. Be, it. Yeah, it yeah. was. That was yeah. nuts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're in first place in the NFC West. <laughs> this Seattle team that I thought for sure was tanking. I my, and for sure. Watching it with with uh, with my dad was hilarious because. He hates Kyler Murray so much that he was kept rooting against him for all the – he just doesn't like him. And then sure. I finally – I was like, well, why do you hate him so much? Well, the, the A's wasted a draft pick on him, and, uh, he, and then he admitted he often beats the Niners and it drives him nuts. But he needed the Seahawks to lose. As a Niners fan, you wanted Arizona to win that game. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you, did, did your dad ever growing up just in your, in your head – feel like he would but although you guys usually rode in the same direction but did he ever like root against things you liked out of spite no because no. you guys always liked the same teams we always yeah, liked my the dad same pulled teams. that he was he was big on that like 
He had I liked the Bears growing up because I mean there's no teams around me. I've told yeah. the story before. He would root against the Bears just to stick it to me when I was like ten. So I go, what is how, your problem? Why don't you like the Bears? I don't like Ditka. What has Ditka done to you? What's wrong with Ditka? Yeah. What's he done to you? By the way, right. I'm your son. Who gives a damn about Ditka? Yeah. Love Maybe yeah. help me. Adopt my team. Right. Or just now, don't be a jerk. My guy, uh, my guy Vince Conti, uh, soon, he just, it wasn't that he was against, like, he was rooting against them because I liked them and we were best friends. He just didn't want to root for what everybody else did. So he was, became like, he was like a Cowboys, Bulls, you fan the you just a like, contrarian yeah and just pick teams that were always random good. like yeah, well, yeah, yeah. front runners that's right good. Yeah, that's nice uh all right here's my here's what's not that far off in college football after what happened this weekend so first of all clemson and alabama are both done so this is the first time in the college football playoff era that one of those teams won't be in the playoff okay and they're both out. Bama lost to LSU. Clemson got drilled by. So is LSU in? Is it? Is it? No, LSU, no, no, no. Georgia, LSU, no, because they've got two losses already. They have two losses. They'd have to win the SEC, and then it would still be a little bit tricky. They won't though. Okay. Georgia will beat them. Um, but Bama and Clemson out is is enormous. Congratulations yep. to Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame and my guy Laurenitis for getting there. That's a big, big win for them. So was, and they drilled Clemson, dominated them. Yeah. Here's the scenario that I'm going to paint for you. Georgia wins out and wins the SEC. They're the one seed. Very, very likely. Tennessee doesn't lose again. Okay. They don't really play anybody of record. Very likely that it will happen. They play like South Carolina. I think they play like South Carolina, Missouri, and maybe Vanderbilt. They'll be heavily favored in all three. They went out. They're in. They'll be the yep. four seed. Or maybe the three, depending. Ohio State wins out. They would be the two. Yep. Okay. The Pac-12 cannibalizes itself they've all got one loss but even if Oregon comes out Oregon lost to Georgia early in the season 49 to 3 and I don't think the committee is going to be able to get over that loss even if Oregon were to win the Pac-12 the ACC is already eliminated TCU is undefeated in the Big 12 it's a little bit of a fly in the ointment that I'm trying to trying to paint this picture with uh, but they've all in, in six of their wins they have gone up against a backup quarterback at some point in the wins so yeah. it's very they play Texas this week very likely they lose Michigan loses a close game at the shoe and yeah, gets in. in. Yeah. And you're going to have – I think it is very likely that you could have Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan in the Final Four. Two conferences for four spots. Well, there and should only the be two conferences, conferences anyway. They're going to be the two conferences that are going to control college football for the next 20 years because of the television money they're going to get. They've already done it you know, previously, but it's going to get even more. I think it's actually likely that that's the way that this thing plays out. Cause I think Ohio state, Michigan will be close in the shoe one way or the other. And I think the other two are going to win out. And I think it's really possible that you could see that. If, if Michigan happened. wins a close game with the shoe, is it automatic then that it would be Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, and Tennessee? No, I think it's more likely the other way. If Ohio state wins a close game over Michigan, I think Ohio state losing at home to Michigan would be kind of tough for them. Even if it was on like a last second field goal? I think the home part of it would okay. be, be would be sticky for them because they don't really have – I mean, Ohio State really doesn't have a quality win and the fact that it's at home, like losing close at home could be a little problematic. They could give somebody else the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, I mean, I, but if you're I, losing to a team that's like 
I agree. Top four. Why I would agree. It, it should matter. You just would need a little more help. I think it's easier if Ohio State beats Michigan close for them both to get in. Okay. And then they'd split it up so it would be Michigan, Georgia, and go, Ohio State, it, Tennessee. Yeah, that's exactly how it would do. Or you could flip them if other teams lost. But it's not that – I just think for the first time in this era, not only is it not – it's not far-fetched at all. It is, you could argue, somewhat more likely than not that that's the way that it plays out. It, is Michigan any kind of a threat to actually win that tournament? They're not a threat to beat. It's weird. Like they don't. I don't think they would match up well with Georgia at all. But I think okay. they're going to be a hell of a problem for Ohio State because they're really physical and they can run. And the last couple of weeks, Ohio State hasn't been able to control the line of scrimmage. I mean, they played in a wind tunnel. I was texting with Matt Andrews, who's on the network on the sidelines. I texted him I'm like as if he didn't have enough to do because I'm yeah. watching on TV and I'm like, I can't see how bad the wind is. He goes, it's insane. He goes, the it, it's thirty sustained, thirty mile an hour sustained, gusts to fifty. He said they cannot throw the football in this. They cannot. Nobody can. It's The ball literally stops. And I was talking to somebody this morning. They said, I think the reason we didn't realize it was so bad on television is because there was no precipitation in it. There wasn't yeah. snow or rain, so we couldn't see the it wind. Driving. Yeah. You know? So that we had was some leaves to blow across the screen or something. Correct. Some tumbleweeds out there. Yeah. yeah. Like field – or I mean, uh, Stroud was like 10 of 26 throwing. For 75 yeah, yards. A tough. Those are Brutal. very difficult environments in which to thrive. Yeah, it is. Very, very tough. But that's that's in play, certainly. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners is offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of October. Be entered to win four VIP Browns tickets to an upcoming home game. Just mention promo code BROWNS. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions may apply. On the other side of this quick timeout, eight games in, nine to go. What do we have to look forward to? Easiest to toughest in the remainder of this season. That's coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. While you depend on the Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM. They can tackle any size office situation. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Eight down, nine to go. How, do we, how quickly do we get to 18? Like this 8-9 thing bugs me. I want it to be an even number two. 500 needs to be possible. Yeah. And then, yeah. Break Either, it I don't care. I'd, I wish it was 16. I don't think we need 17 was games great. or Four quarters. Yeah. It matched up perfectly. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, this eight, the 17 games is, is nonsense. I don't like having nine games left. Um, but anyway, here we go. So I'm looking forward to this exercise. So Gibby wants us to rank these teams hardest to easiest uh, opponents the rest of the way. Um, and we will factor in the fact, of course, that Deshaun Watson most challenging, the least challenging. None of them are easy, as Gibbe would say. So we're just no disrespect to. to well, you can do that. Anywhere. I'm going to say easiest. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I follow Gibbe's rules all the time. When Gibbe says you are, yeah, I very do much. You're very yeah. compliant. Uh, yeah, I'm compliant with Gibbe. That's what he said. That's, what That's your do. word. I follow his yeah. rules. On it took everything. him two segments ago. Hey, we're coming back, talking right through the. Yeah, but I, I am aware. 
of what like 10 seconds is. So as long as second, I'm no, fine. That's not how it works. It is how it works. Standby means standby, coming to you. Because that's for people that can't handle the 10 seconds. When you're a person who's well, if the I ability. Told you, like you're up, when it was time for you to be up, you would be in full-on mid-sentence string. Unbelievable. I am not wrong on this. That's it fine, is- but you give me the 10-second warning. I know I have, I have seven seconds or eight seconds to play with, and that's what I play with, and that's it. Can you do you think that can you handle that you're getting that you have that you're fighting on this front the Pedro front like you've got a lot of fights they're going spread on thin. I'm trying to stay out of his weeds this I'm week spread, I really I'm am. spread thin with all due respect to him yeah, I'm trying to stay out of lovely them. house guests it's a wonderful time <laughs> spread thin Baco Nation Baco Nation just What's had his like thirtieth party his thirtieth birthday party threw him a surprise yep. party and they the sign for it that they laid out for him said Baco Nation. It was, I was very pleased with that. It's his nation. Happy. It is his nation. We're just living in it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy 30th, Baco Nation. God, 30 just years. 30? 30. What a babe. Oh, my God. Just a little, a wee little babe. Marriage just, number just one. Just a wee lad. <laughs> oh, give me. Still, one and only for him. Just, just fine. That's unbelievable. All right, let's go. Uh, how, how do you want us to phrase these, then, if not easiest? You can go what number nine to number just, one yeah. to the tough. All right, you know. hardest. Okay. Yeah. All right, hardest remaining game at Buffalo. The end. Well, let's. Do you want to do it that way? You want to go top down, or do you want to go bottom up? For I mean, I just did it, so let's just. All right, you do that. So, all right, I have Buffalo. I have Buffalo is the toughest game as well. All right, who do you have? All right, let me look at this thing. <laughs> is it possible that we go one two right now? Uh, I am. Yeah, yeah, I have at Miami is our second toughest game. No pressure. Two, yeah, see, it's brutal. Like the two, the two that are the most challenging come boom, boom, pre, yeah. come pre watt, and and of the, I have three of the top five. Sure. In our, in our next three games, all pre Watson. Yeah. All right, uh, number three for me. I know, certainly of the success, but I'm still going to go at Cincinnati as three. I have at, I have home for Baltimore as three. I just think okay. Baltimore's a good team. We they give us they're tough they're tough on us. Mm-hmm. So I have them as three. I have at Cincinnati four. All right, so, so we just those, had those two flopped because I had at Baltimore yeah. four. And I had a I had the top two kind of in their own tier, and then the next three next two in their own tier. Then then the fifth one to me is also in its own tier. And then it's kind of four of the same. I think the fifth one is Tampa Bay for both of us. That's I'm sure. what I have. Yep. The one thing I will say about Tampa Bay is it's – I have no clue. They don't look good, you know, that something's no, been but, off. But yet, like, I could also see them by the time – in three weeks, I could see them being really good. I would think that I would be big fan of there being elements in that game. Fine. Be they a don't huge run fan it. of elements. Yeah, they don't run so, it well. Um, but they almost feel like the biggest wild card. Like – I think I know Buffalo is really, really good. I know Miami's a really, really challenging, really good, tough matchup, especially healthy. Um, and then at Cincinnati and Baltimore, I agree with you. Like those two are kind of interchangeable, however you want to view them. Uh, yep. Tampa Bay could end up being one of the better teams we play based on if, if they can somehow get rolling a little bit. They still have all those weapons that are scary, and they still have the greatest quarterback of all time. But they, they do not equal the sum of their parts, I'll tell you that. Agreed, and they still have talented on defense. I think that they've got to get, you know, Godwin's clearly not healthy. Mike Evans feels like, you know, big physical receiver. Sometimes they just kind of run out of juice. 
it feels like maybe you're getting there with him. But yeah, they're still scary. They're still a formidable team. And and like they shouldn't have won and they won this last game. Yeah. You know? I mean, I thought in fact, I thought it was over when they didn't get the fourth down, then they get the ball back from the Rams and and end up winning and Jalen Ramsey was obviously hot, said we never should have had to play defense again. Fair. Yeah. The two worst offenses in the NFL right now are run by Sean McVay and Peter LaFleur. In terms of scoring drives per game, they are the two yeah. lowest, which is shocking at this juncture. And at least the McVay thing, like they won the Super Bowl. They yep. have nobody on the offensive line. They clearly were not prepared to replace Andrew Whitworth. They cannot run it at nope. all. And nope. they never figured out anybody to play opposite cup. Like they had nope. – that was – um, Alan Robinson and Robert, it. who was my guy? Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Rob Woods was so so good before the injury, and then they had Odell. They had Odell, mm-hmm. and they don't have that now. So they are a one trick, no. and Stafford just gets bludgeoned. It's and he's—it's almost like he's—I'm sure he's beat up. It's almost like he's beat up, and you know, sometimes look—he was been in the league for a long time. He finally won his Super Bowl, and there probably is some like. All right, I've, I've, I've done it. My career yeah. is complete. Yeah. Yeah, they're in a pickle, man. Long-term they are. Yeah. Did you see him, by the way, with that Caleb Presley kid from Barstool? Did you see that clip going around yesterday? No. The guy, You know the Barstool kid who's got the long hair and the mustache, and he conducts yeah. those awkward interviews? Yeah, interviews that are so weird, yeah, but funny. But yet yeah. can be just comedy. And then yeah. they got the big kid eating the ice cream on the couch. Yeah. McVeigh did one of those this week. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Oh, In wow. season, he did it. Yeah, you need to find it. It's pretty great. Um, all right, so one through five, we have the same five, just a little bit of, of order different. Who do you have at number six on this list? I the have. remaining games are at Houston, New Orleans here, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. I believe that home for New Orleans is the hardest game. I don't think home field advantage exists that much in the NFL, to be perfectly honest with you. It certainly hasn't for us this year. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly, it, from looking like, for example, this week, all these road teams were favored. and So Vegas doesn't think that it is a massive deal. I think the Saints on a neutral field are the best of those four teams by a pretty decent margin, in fact, I think. The only thing that's interesting about the Saints is, so no Michael Thomas, he's done. Um, who's quarterback? Is that an Andy Dalton game? Dalton. Yeah, probably. W- what we're dealing with there. Yeah. I'll tell you it's this. It's also a Christmas Eve game. You got Olave, you got Kamara, got some guys on D that can play. Yeah. I'm, it's, you see the Kamara stuff come out over the weekend with his Vegas, the details on that. Yeah, not good. Not great. But he's playing. For now. I'd yeah, like I don't him know. Not score, I'd like him to not score 22 PPR points tonight. I can tell you that. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to give you a curveball. I'm going to go Washington. If they stick with Tyler Heineke, Chase okay. Young is back, McLaurin, Rivera is a guy that sometimes can rally a ship and play good and meaningless games. So I'm going to go Washington sixth uh, in this one, and then I will go New Orleans seven in this one. Okay. Okay. I'm fine with it. I mean, I had Washington seven. Okay, so we're close. Yeah, and, and then it's uh, and then it's is it Houston or Pittsburgh? So Houston would I've, be Houston I've one's Pitt, tricky. Then Houston, I have Pitt then Houston. Pittsburgh then Houston's Houston. Terrible. They're not even trying. They're they're no. Yeah, no, they no, are. No. I just wonder like that game's gonna have a lot on it in it emotionally yeah. for everybody involved. Um, and then I don't. 
Pittsburgh's terrible. I just don't know what it's going to be so strange to what if they like push chips in. Well, do they right? Do they bring TJ Watt back when he's ready to go? Does he come back and does he play? Do they let him just kind of rest the rest of the year and not risk anything further? You know, that team with TJ Watt is different. TJ Watt has the ability to wreck a game by himself. Um, yeah. Again, it's tiers. Pitt and Houston are in a tier. New Orleans and Washington are in a tier. Yeah. Tampa's kind of in its own. And then you've got Baltimore, Cincinnati in a tier. And then Buffalo, Miami in a tier. With yeah, Buffalo you would on do, top of that. You know, like like in the old – I'm sure you can do this on Madden now too. Um, but how you could uh, how you could like custom schedule on college football. Like let's move yeah. this game here. It'd be amazing yeah. to take Washington and Pittsburgh and move them into the next two weeks. And then Washington, take Pittsburgh, Miami. Yeah. And Houston, Buffalo. Next three. Move them back. Right. Like, Move them back. It'd be really Put those at the end. Swap out the next two games because it's the next two are just absolutely brutal. And Tampa Bay is a total wild card. So it's I think get one, get get me one, get me four and seven. I'd love to win two, but I think it's really t- I think get I think me you one really need I can, two. I think I can. One you sell. can. One you're alive. You're alive. When you've got a pulse. You're alive. Yeah. Two five and six. You're flying high. Now we're talking. Now we're yeah. cooking with gas. That was always the target was six and five. Great. Five and six. And we should be at five already. Sure. Yeah. 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 So that that's where you're at. Browns fans can win big with digital scratch off game brought to you by Ohio lottery on clevelandbrowns.com and the Brown social channels. Fans could play once per day throughout the regular season by digitally scratching off a virtual card for chances to win big prizes like team shop gift cards and tickets to future games. For more information, log on to clevelandbrowns.com and you can find it there. Wyatt Teller from the podium coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. My friends, the bath authority can be your friend. Your bathroom can be the bathroom you've always wanted, the bathroom of your dreams. It can be a spa. It can do it for you in about a day. They take your current bathroom, transform it for you into an experience unlike any other. Let the bath authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitor's the Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert and factory trained installers. You call now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions, you need them, they got them. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. And now Let's head to the podium and Wyatt Teller. With another big AFC game coming up this weekend, how how much do you want to be out there? Yeah, I mean, I want to be out there every game. I get paid a lot of money to be out there, so I want to be out there every game. Um, no, I enjoy it, and I, I truly do. I don't want – I have a – I respect the guys. I don't want them to be out there by themselves. You know, obviously, they're not out there by themselves. But, you know, I feel like I, I want to be out there. I want to do everything I can, so um, – you know, with that in mind, I, 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 you know, I'm trying, trying to get back, trying to get right. Is it a different perspective watching from the sideline, even then watching film uh, in a game you're not playing? Yeah, um, my hands hurt less. 
Um, no, truly, uh, you know, when you're on the sidelines, it is kind of weird um, seeing it. You know, I don't. Throughout my career, I haven't spent a lot of time on the sidelines. Uh, you know, early on um, in the league, I, I spent some time, but it was just—it's weird. You know, being the guy watching, watching your position, and trying to trying to be the the guy that you want on the sidelines, right? So it's like if you're that leader, take a step back and be a follower for the guys who are leading. So who are the guys who are playing and stuff like that. So Yelda stepped in. He did, you know, absolutely amazing. And I was watching him. I was watching his footwork. I was just trying to orate to him what was going on and what I was saying. Is there one thing why with the Catholics, is it pulling, is it run blocking, is there one thing that it maybe flares up a little bit more, it's a little harder? Um, not really. Um, I just feel like it, it's a weird injury because it's like the first day you're like, oh, I can barely walk. And then throughout the next week you're like, oh, okay, I can move a little bit better and then move a little bit better. But giving the injury it is in offensive line play, you know, it's not like I know DBs who get back from the exact same cast strain in a week and you're like, what? how the heck did you do that? And they're like, well. We have a little bit different position. They're not pushing as much. They just got to drop back and run. It did look like when it happened, you came out of the tent, and I saw you go up to Jack and say something. Did you think you could go back in, or you knew right then and there it was, it was going to be something that probably kept you out? Yeah, um, I kind of knew what it was. I mean, just because I've had it happen before. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've been extremely blessed. I haven't been injured my entire career, but there are times where it's like, you know, okay, I can kind of understand, like, for example, if I hit someone, I'm like, ooh, that didn't feel good on the shoulder. That's probably AC joint. Or, you know, you can kind of get around it. Um, so it was like, uh, you know, sucks. But I started walking around. I could walk on my heel. So that was, that was good. At least I could walk around. Unlike, uh, I remember in 2020 when I got my calf, I, I was squeaking that thing by. But. Did you have to stick around here uh, for the bye week to yes. rehab? Oh, yes, yes. Beautiful Northeast Ohio. Um, my wife had to drive. Uh, she had a baby shower in Virginia. So she went there. Um, that sucked because I wanted to drive her. Um, she can barely sit in the car for 45 minutes without having to stop, um, without her back hurting or something. So I wanted to be there, but um, you know, I also want to play football. Uh, so I, I stayed here, um, got to hunt a lot, which was nice. Um, it's the rut, so it was a good time to be in the woods, but uh, it was uh, it was cool. And the weather was gorgeous. What did you think of that James Tyson block from this last game? <laughs> chin up, chin up. Hey, with your face mask, but absolute monster. He's, you know, he's, I remember, if you watch the play, like, he hits him, and he turns around. He doesn't even know if they scored or not. He just turns around, and he's just like, yes, and just runs to the sideline. So, um, a lot of good energy. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a good game. I was happy to see the guys win like that. Defense played out of their mind. Offense played really well. It was the first, you know, I, I felt, full, complete game that we played. So let's keep on going. So you think you will be able to play Sunday, or is it still too early to say? Um, I'm turning in the right direction, right? So I, I feel I feel like I'm getting better, but you never know. You never know. Um, I don't want to give a definitive yes or no, because um, I could be lying, you know, so I don't want to lie to you. And would be, I mean, could you... Could it be a setback if you try to come back quickly? That that's the key to it. If I'm if I'm back out there, that means that it's healed right, that it's getting right. It's always gonna, it's going to hurt. If I remember anything from 2020, it's going to hurt for the next eight to ten weeks. It's going to hurt. Well, hopefully 14 weeks. But you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. For the next cup, for the next prolonged little part, it's it's going to hurt. So I just got to deal with it. He was in a fun mood. Yeah, I think he's. he's he I think he's itching yeah. to get back out there. You know. Yeah, I love White. He's always. I don't want to lie to you guys. <laughs> God bless him. Look, it'd be it'd be amazing getting back out there, but it's it's yeah. really also amazing what uh, 
what we have, you know, on that offensive line and how guys have been able to get in there and play when needed. And the depth is remarkable there. Um, and when Yelda. you have a guy like Bill Callahan, it's just yeah. a stunning level of competency up front. And we're very blessed to have it. But it'd be great to have him back. Everybody who comes into our building and works with Bill Callahan is better yep. than they were when they came. Every single person. I mean, Ethan Posick right now is a top three center in the league. You got Batonio and Teller are the two of the top three guards. You've got, you know, James Hudson's progress from year one to year two has been phenomenal. Yelda mm-hmm. Froholt, Michael Dunn, what they were able to get out of Blake Hance, who I'm not sure where he is now. I know the Niners claimed him, but I think they let him go. He's just a phenomenal coach, and it allows you to use resources or turn undrafted free agents into guys that can come in and competently start for you. It's wild. It really is. It's, it's, it's He's so good. Yeah. Allian and, and Scott the, Peters, both of them. Yep. And then when you combine this type of talent like Wyatt has with that type of coaching, that's how you get all pro level, and we have seen a lot of that here recently. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Our old buddy, Nick Shook, will join us coming up next. This is the Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk Serious Lawyers for Serious Injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Welcome back into the program. And, of course, it is our privilege to welcome back into the program our old buddy, currently at the NFL.com, the NFL Network, Nick Shook. He joins the show via the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. How you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic, guys. How are you? Oh, Living. Nick Shook. We're great. Great to have you on Living the program. Large, what a real large. treat. Let me what ask you a this. treat. <laughs> Let me ask you this, buddy. Uh, we're eight, nine weeks into this thing. We've got nine games to go here. Um, we had a weekend in the NFL that saw the Bills as 12-and-a-half-point favorites lose to the Jets. Um, Kansas City survived despite Mahomes throwing for 400 and some yards because they couldn't punch it in the end zone, didn't even really try to run the ball. Tennessee's quarterback Malik Willis went 5 of 16, and it took all of that to survive. Green Bay lost at Detroit. Uh, It's possible they're just – well, not possible. They are just really bad. The Rams might really be bad too. What did you make of this weekend and of those storylines? What jumped out most to you? Uh, I, I honestly probably got a boost of confidence for the Titans. Uh, because despite the fact that they could not really move the ball to the air. Now, Malik Willis did have a few nice throws, and one of his incompletions should have been a catch. It was probably his best throw of his career. Uh, it was dropped by uh, Chris Conley. Um, you know, they're, they're, they were still competitive. They took the Chiefs to overtime. Derrick Henry is back. Um, maybe he's not the same running back that he used to be, but he's still effective with that offense. And more than anything, the Titans, you know, they brought the fight to the trenches. They They wanted to be physical. The Chiefs, you know, stood pretty tall against that, but – the fact that the Titans were able to play in that game, I think, all the way to overtime was impressive to me because this is a team that has had to shift its identity a little bit offensively. They started off 0-2, looked like their run was going to be over, and since then they've only been effective. They've been competitive. They've won close games. They've won games in runaways. And they went toe-to-toe as one of the best teams in the NFL, which made me realize again that, hey, even though this team is not pretty, they're not aesthetically pleasing, they're going to be in most games. They're going to be a team that you're going to have to watch out for. They're going to win the AFC South, and they're still going to be a problem, even if they're not necessarily a Super Bowl contender. So that game alone, I think, really stood out to me. But 
Otherwise, I mean, the Packers have been on this kind of descent for a little bit now. I mean, it's been pretty clear, you know, you lose Devontae Adams, you lose your ability to throw the ball downfield, you try to force throwing the ball downfield against the league's worst statistical defense, and you muster nine points in Detroit against a Lions team that can only put up 15 against you, and you can't win that game. Uh, It's I hate to say it, but it might be a sign of the end in Green Bay where there are no, you know, the cavalry is not coming. The reinforcements are not on their way. They, they are who they are, and the, the receivers that they have are young and inexperienced. Aaron Rodgers clearly doesn't have a rapport with them, and that's not going to change anytime soon, especially when you lose your ability to run the football, which is what I thought helped them kind of stay a little bit competitive in that game against the Bills the week prior. So more than anything, um, you know, a lot of the season has been, we don't know, what this season is. We don't know who the good teams are other than the handful at the top, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, those types of teams, potentially the Cowboys. Um, and, and the number of teams that were on the bye, you know, I think about teams like San Francisco, who I'm curious to see. Uh, you know, I think they're looming as a potential threat. Uh, Dallas also being on a bye uh, left us with a little bit of a lack of clarity. So um, it's kind of more of the same. It's more of, hey, I can see some contenders, but I still don't see – quite the separation that we anticipate by this point in the season. It is wild talk with Nick Shook. One of the teams that we thought was going to be in the mix, the Colts made a big move on Monday, opting for Saturday. Jeff Saturday, the new head coach <laughs> of the Indianapolis Colts. Shook, what do you make of what's going on there with Jim Irsay and this Colts team? Uh, I was speechless for a little bit. I mean, I laughed first off. Uh, and then I was speechless, primarily because you know, I'm talking with some of my coworkers earlier, and, and one of them floated the idea of, hey, Chuck Pagano is interim. And I said, well, that's pretty much unprecedented to go outside the building to find somebody, especially a former head coach who was once fired by the team. But then they go a step further, and they take a guy who has no NFL coaching experience, no collegiate ex- coaching experience. He's coached in high school football. That's it. You know him more from his playing days and the fact that he's on ESPN than anything else. And suddenly a guy who was a consultant to the Colts, a guy you bring into a training camp practice to give a motivational speech and maybe speaks with the owner in, in part of his inner circle as a trusted advisor, is suddenly your head coach. Uh, it's mind-boggling, to say the least. Uh, I don't know how it plays out. I don't know if it's a serious you know, audition, because you look at like Steve Wilkes in Carolina. He's essentially auditioning for a shot at the long-term position with the Panthers, I don't know if it's the same for Jeff Saturday. I mean, this is a guy, we have no point of reference for him. He has not coached at this level. Is he a viable long-term coach? I guess we'll find out. Um, And that's why I just came back to the point of laughing because I'm like, man, this is so out of left field. I don't see what you accomplished there. Other than the fact that look, this team needs a quarterback. They needed a quarterback for about three years. Ever since Andrew Luck retired, they needed a quarterback. They haven't found that answer, whether it was, you know, the one year Phillip Rivers was their best. Carson Wentz disappointing down the stretch. They melt down. They missed the playoffs. And Matt Ryan experiment did not go well at all. So they need an answer there. And, and you know, they need to have a high draft pick. And there you go. To be able to take that guy. And I think maybe Jeff Saturday makes the fans happy. You know, hey, we love Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. He was Peyton Manning center. We like that guy. And even if you lose, you're like, well, can you get mad at Jeff Saturday? I guess not. Z, telling my theory yep. from 45 minutes ago. That's right. This is this is done with Jeff Saturday is going to be paid, get the bag to say, okay, come in here, make the fans happy, and we're not winning anymore, and we're getting a quarterback because Andrew Luck retired on us, and ever since then it's been not fun to be the Indianapolis Colts, so we're going to go get one of those top quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah. And they've already done this, Shook. They did this with Luck when Manning got hurt. Curtis Painter. Was yeah, a they leaned into it. Member. Oh, yeah. Curtis Painter from what college, Nathan? Purdue. Well. Purdue. Oh, yeah. Bo is all over that. 
yeah. on it. Oh, yep. yeah, you guys do. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's your it best It makes choice. sense. I, it, I hate to use the term tanking because it's, it's like, you know, it's taboo. But sometimes Sam Ellinger is playing quarterback, bud. And yeah, they named exactly. him the starter a few weeks ago. <laughs> and it, wasn't, it hasn't gone well, predictably. No, has not gone well. No, it's not like anyone was clamoring to see more of Sam Ellinger. And they're like, yeah, Matt Ryan, you can't come back. Yeah, no, I, it's wild. I think another thing that's really interesting is, and, and I don't, I, I didn't have it. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember all of your picks, Z, but I'm curious, Shook, too. Like, you mentioned, you touched on the Packers a little bit, but it, the Rams got ultra old and really irrelevant really quickly. Um, and the Bucks. Quick. I mean, they're dealing with a lot off the field, obviously, Brady was, but they have been bad, too. That was a bad football game yesterday and one that I think most people thought would be a marquee game of the year. All of these teams kind of got old and bad at the same time, it seems, Shook. That game specifically went exactly how I anticipated, which is low-scoring, ugly offense. You win by a few points, maybe on a last-second touchdown after not getting the end zone all day because both of these offenses are similar in that they cannot move the ball. They show signs. They show glimpses. You know, the Rams last week had a couple nice drives in the first half against the Niners and then tailed off. The Buccaneers will put together an 8-9, 10-play scoring drive, but they cannot score quickly because neither team can push the ball downfield anymore. And the Rams, in their instance, are kind of like the Buccaneers in this sense. They're a team that went all in last year, and, and it paid off. They got a Super yep. Bowl. But what they did in that process was mortgage the future, mortgage the draft capital, because as you know, with the salary cap, you have to turn over the roster toward younger players that are under affordable contracts that are going to develop. Maybe you pay some of them, you let some of them walk. We know the Ravens like to let a lot of those players walk and get their compensatory picks back. The Rams are not in a position to do that. So when you know it's time to pay the bill, it gets kind of ugly, and that's where they are right now. They lack options in the offense. They cannot run to save their lives so much that their running back didn't want to be on the team anymore, and it wasn't until after the trade deadline passed that they decided, hey, maybe we should actually get him back in the fold. Their offensive line is a mess. They lose their Hall of Fame left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, then their replacement goes down with an injury. It's just been a disaster for them. And unfortunately for me, I kind of looked at it at the start of the season. I thought we regarded them too highly because they were the defending champions. We didn't look at the fact that all the guys they lost, and more importantly than anything, this is a star-laden team with a lack yep. of depth. This is an 11-on-11 sport, and this defense lacks guys other than Aaron Donald and, and yeah. Jalen Ramsey and, and Bobby Wagner. You know, and He's played pretty well for the most part. But the rest of the guys are not their guys. They're not those guys that you expect on a contender. They're not strong ones through 11, and that's the result you get. A team that's 3-5 and five that loses a, a game that it should have won but looked punchless in the final drive against the Buccaneers offense that couldn't move the ball all day. This is the Rams this year. Yeah, that one was wild to see. Now, Shook, we know that you can only prognosticate to the best of your abilities, but you did not foresee the Monday night mauling that the Browns gave the Bengals. What Has that changed your mind about the Browns at all? A team that obviously we all know has underachieved over those first eight games, letting some winnable games get away. Well, the one thing that has changed my mind a little bit, and we'll see if it holds, because at this point, you know, we got a couple games of proof, and that's about it, is much like last season, the defense is starting to come around under Joe Woods. You, you kind of yep. saw it in Baltimore with the way that they contained that offense. That was a winnable game that they kind of by yep. their own mistakes didn't win that game. And then it all comes together the following week. I thought it was huge for their confidence going into the bye week, getting that win, getting closer to 500. You got to stretch ahead where you got to win three or your next four to really have a shot at all. So the pressure continues to be on. You've still got your eye on that Houston game when Deshaun Watson returns, and you hope that at that point there's something to salvage, something to play for. So they've got to continue the momentum. 
But it was great to go into the bye week with a win and a dominant win on a national stage, of course, which I know you guys know this, but last couple of years, for some reason, the Browns really love primetime. They always seem to bring their best game for those primetime games, which was not the case in years prior. So that's encouraging, but you got to sustain it. And, and they don't really get any breaks in the weeks ahead either. So it's got to be consistent. And, you know, you're getting more than you could ever expect from Jacoby Brissett. you got to continue to run the football. And I thought that was the other most encouraging development was that after weeks of kind of toying around with the passing game a little too much, throwing on third and two with two and a half minutes left in the game, and you just need a first down, you got your timeouts, and you need to get closer field goal range, which I'm sure, you know, they probably regret to an extent, you know, in Baltimore since then. Instead, committing to the run, accepting that your strength is your offensive line. you got a great offensive line coach in Bill Callahan that's got no matter who's up there, they're playing well as a unit. you got a phenomenal running back in Nick Chubb. you got a good spell back in Kareem Hunt. you got more guys behind him. You don't need to throw the football 35, 40 times a game. You don't need to mix it up that much. Trust your run. It will lead you to victory. And it led them to victory along with their defense and also led them to victory in the fact that they were able to put that game away. On the ground, deep shot to Amari Cooper. It all came together. So you got to stay, stick with the run, hope the defense continues, rattle off some wins, and then we'll talk by the time Deshaun Watson comes back to, to the playing field. Shook, the other thing, the thing that's interesting is, is that win against Cincinnati. So I think you had the worst of us at home in the loss to the Patriots, right? That's as bad yep. as you can be. And then the last two weeks, you have really consistent play. I mean, you mentioned the mix, you know, the mistake in the Ravens game, however you want to spin that, but pretty close to the style. <laughs> That, that is going to be required for us to win. And then you get the apex of that against Cincinnati. And what all of that does is it gives us hope, right? You can, you can peddle some hope here on this team. The next three are really brutal at Dolphins, at Bills, then Bucks at home. My, I feel like if they can get one and be four and seven when Watson comes back, it's not ideal, clearly. And we should be a lot better than that from a record yeah, like standpoint. Sure. But four and seven, you'd love to have two. But I think if you can get one of them, you can play meaningful games when Watson gets back more than just meaningful because Deshaun Watson's playing, but rather because you're still in the hunt for something. Do you buy that? Do you think one is enough, or do you feel like you have to get two? I feel like you got to get two. Four and seven, you're essentially got to win out at that point. You got to go 10 and seven to have a realistic shot at even a wild card berth. Because I don't know if you've been watching the AFC East, but they got two or three teams that are, I mean, it's a tightly packed division. It's going to be really hard to get that third wild card spot if that's what you're aiming for. Now, you could go through the division. You're not that far behind in the division. And you do have some key division games coming up, and you're also pretty good against the division so far. But that's still kind of a tough ask because it is rivalry games, familiar opponents, all that stuff. But I think that, you know, you want to get two of the next three. If your defense continues to play the way it has against Miami, then you got a shot. Buffalo's going to be tough, but they're also coming off a bit of a clunker against the Jets, and there's maybe a little bit of a blueprint on how to beat them there. They really missed Matt Milano in that game. And I think Tampa Bay, we, we already talked about it. I, I don't think they are who they, we thought they were. Uh, you know, no, I think it's sure. a very winnable game when you return home. So you really need to go win that Miami game. And if you're competitive and it's a close loss, then you're feeling good about going into you know Orchard Park and playing the Buffalo Bills. But it's winning time now because of the hole that you dug yourself. I mean, realistically, you should have one, two, maybe three more wins, potentially even four. Really, you're a better team than your record indicates, but at the same time, those little things often define a team, and they were not doing the little things well during that four-game losing streak. Nope. Maybe they started to figure it out, and that's how you go win a game on the road in, in Miami or maybe even in Buffalo as well, and you're, and you're in a much better spot by the time you come back home against Tampa Bay. 
Shook, I was watching Miami this weekend, obviously, and that was the most fun game of the weekend, Miami-Chicago. And I've, I've obviously, in getting ready for this game, been able to watch a bunch of theirs, their stuff. And Tua's playing great. Waddle and Tyreek Hill are being – they're so open, it's crazy. And what I was saying earlier, and again, Tua's completing 70% of his passes. He leads the league in yards per attempt, leads the league in yards per completion, leads the league in quarterback rating. But it almost feels like if that offense had – a Herbert Allen, somebody who could sling it that they Tyreek Hill might have 1800 yards right now. Cause I feel like he gets 122 yards a game plus 60 yards of PIs a game where he's five yards clear of everybody has to wait for the ball. And then they run into him. It's wild. How, yeah, I was how say. He, even he's, better he's they could like, be. He's lost like 10 yards to catch on gate on balls that he's got to stop and come back to. Because yeah. He's been that open. I pulled up the numbers today cause I was doing our mid season uh, awards picks and I was like, all right, let's see who's leading the league in receiving. Oh wow. Tyree kill. He's got 1104 offense, offense. Yeah. Even in the offense that didn't have its quarterback for a couple of games, an offense that frankly wasn't performing as well as it should, even though it's still pretty good. And an offense also has Jalen Waddle and he, and he's still putting up those numbers. So I totally agree. I think you put a better quarterback in that team and, and they're really lighting it up and they're probably in a better position record wise. That's why, you know, the, the narrative on Tua has shifted, at least generally speaking, because now folks are like, hey, look at the numbers they're putting up. They're winning games. Maybe Tua can be the guy. I think they're winning, not necessarily in spite of Tua, but their ceiling is a little bit lower with him still there. I'm still not sold, and I know they're running out of time, and I know they feel good about where they are right now with him because it's better than they've been in, in recent years. But again, like you said, you put Herbert in there, you put somebody else in there, and I know Herbert is a sore spot with Dolphins fans. I learned that during their rookie years. Uh, I think that they're even better. So yeah. it, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Browns with Baker a couple of years ago where you're like, hey, they're winning games. They're a good football team. And then deep down you wonder, like, how would they be with, like, prime Deshaun Watson? Like, would they be that much better? And, and I kind of feel the same way about the Dolphins right now. It's crazy, though, because statistically, too, is incredible. He's 70%. Yeah. 1980. They haven't lost with him. 15 touchdowns, three picks. QBR is 80. I mean, it's the rating is 115.9. I mean, Z had it earlier. His last three games, the rating's over 130. Last two, rating's over 130. Like, it's, yeah, back it's to the back. wildest thing. But, like, if you, unless you actually watch, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said, unless you actually watch their games and you see what's missed and you just look statistically, you'd be like, the guy's a marvel. He completed 80% of yeah. his passes in the win against Detroit. Yeah, yeah and that's crazy. the thing. And that, that game, that game especially, the way they came back and won that game was really impressive. But, again, like you said just now, he's still missing throws. Like He's still yeah. not as sharp as you expect him to be or as the numbers indicate, which just tells me, man, like there's still so much untapped potential with this group. Like They built the right team around him to maximize him. It's just that his maximization is not as high as you'd like it for an elite, elite quarterback play in this league. No. You're the best, wow. buddy. Great catching up yes. with you. Thanks, guys. Always love being on here. Nick Shook. Great friend. Nick Shook. Nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and twisted tea. It tastes just like real tea. Well, because it is. It's made of real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing. 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted tea, hard iced tea. Keep it twisted. So much more to come, including a score. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
Hey, Browns fans, you can enter a chance to win season tickets for the 2023 season from Sugardale and your local Meyer. Two lucky fans will have a chance to compete on the field during halftime of the November 27th game for the ultimate prize. Text Browns to 55678 to enter today. We have a Monday night football game of great interest. Is there a Manning cast on this one? I hope so. I hope so, too. That'll change. That'll make exciting. I think so. With New Orleans, doesn't there have to be? I would think. Let's see. I mean, Hold on. Like second. Peyton with the Jeff Saturday news, that's going to be gold. Omaha, let's see. Because they would have, wouldn't they have released their lineup if it's if it's happening tonight? Not necessarily. They didn't release their lineup last week. Though. Just a friendly reminder there is a Manning cast tonight. Boom. They all already nice. tweeted out if you ain't first, you're last, Jeff Saturday. They got that. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be. All right. This so that's fun. Be That'll good. be a fun game then. Good. It is Monday Night Foosball, and the Baltimore Ravens 5-3, and 3-1 three, three and one on the road, heading down to the Big Easy. New Orleans 3-5 and five on the football year. I, don't, I still don't know who's playing wide receiver. I think Olave's back, but I, I don't. Jarvis Landry was questionable. I don't know what's going on there. Well, Bateman's no down. Thomas. He's done. Yeah. Bateman's done right. for the year. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what uh, – I don't know who's playing. This is, I know who this is. is uh, yeah, Lamar. I know who is too. That's right. Same. Yeah. Same. Ravens. So we're both at six and six right now in the week. So we need this one to give us a nice little. Yeesh. Hey, listen, we had to do this on a Wednesday. And by the way, we'll need a ruling from you, Gibbe. Something to marinate over overnight is that one of the lines moved from Thursday to Friday and turned oh. a loss into a win. Oh. So, like, if we did it on Friday. Our side would have won. It's just something to think about. Something to think about, to think about for the competition I like committee. It. I like it. Does so, it benefit you or Bo? Both. Both. Yes. Uh, we were we were in unison. Well, then we'll have to work on <laughs> You only wanted it to benefit I'll, Bo. I'll I know that. Okay. The next <laughs> level is next. That's we're back great. tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN, 850 WKNR.